Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Hey ladies, welcome back. How are you today? Good morning. Good Happy morning. sunny California. Yes. How are you? I'm good. Nice I'm ready to, to be get, here. Uh, to, to talk about facially conscious things for our, our guests. And, um, you know, uh, this morning I was thinking about all my clients that come to me and they're like, I don't even know where to start. I'm so lost. I'm confused. Like there's so many products and there's like everybody sees different people and like, I don't know where to start. I hear that all the time. So, you know, in 2019, when we started this podcast, (laughs) this was our very first episode on where do we start? And we've since scrapped that to do a better recording. So here we are. I don't know, a year or so into our podcast. And um, and we're going to touch on this again, because I feel like it's an important episode that people need to hear. So um, I wanted to start with you, Julie, because mm-hmm. you are you have a lot of friends and they there's a lot of people, um, you know, in their 50s and 60s who have never even started taking care of their skin and they're just starting to. And so I'm wondering like when, when people ask you, your friends ask you like, what do you, like, you look so gorgeous. What do you do? Like, where do I start? What do I buy? Like, who do I see? What do I do? What do you tell them? Like, well, that happens to me on a regular basis, which is (laughs) why I've kind of, you know, folded the whole thing into, into doing a podcast with you ladies. Um, Recently, several friends ha- have said um, the question about the esthetician versus the doctor, the products. I get this all the time. But just thinking back uh, on the most recent friend, we were having dinner, and she said, um, I want to go and have something done, but I don't want to look like all those freaky ladies walking down the street. Which I think are mostly in L.A. Who've done too many things. Or any big cities, you know, New York or some. I said, first of all, you have to do a lot to look like that. You're not going to just walk in and have somebody help you with your skin and suddenly you're going to walk out with giant blown up lips. It doesn't work that way. That question just kind of It's a growing thing. Oh, my gosh. So um, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll just ask questions and I'll say, what are you doing now? And usually they're just doing nothing. And I'll say, well, you need to start with a good, you know, a good skincare program. Um, and I'll ask them what their their goals are. And I'll say, are you exfoliating? Are you wearing sunscreen? So I'll just, you know, some general questions. And then I'll, sometimes I send them an email of what I do, and then they're overwhelmed. And you know. <laughs> so I have learned to just 
trim that list and say, these are really the basic things that you need to do. But I'd say more importantly, I tell them to see a good esthetician like you, Trina, and a good dermatologist like you, Vicki. Um, and that's, I think that's the place to start. So which one, esthetician or dermatologist? I, or does it I, depend on the person? It depends upon their needs and, yeah. and the person. Um, if they just want a, a you know, a good skincare program, I'll say, go get go get a facial. I'm surprised how many women I meet, you know, who are over 40 who've never had a facial. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like, you know, you work out and you do, you have your hair done. I'm just so surprised it's not part of somebody's upkeep. And it doesn't have to be super expensive either. Right. Um, I mean, when I was a teenager, uh, out of high school, I was working at a front desk of a spa and I um, would never get a facial. Like I was like, that's for old ladies mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> I want massages. But I always thought, you know, facials are just like people rubbing stuff on your face. Like, why do I need that? You know, uh, but it's not, you know, it's clearly like you said, an upkeep, like you do a manicure or pedicure to clean your toes and clip your nails and you do a facial to exfoliate the dead skin mm -hmm. and to clean out your pores so your product can penetrate better and you get on a good skincare routine and the esthetician knows about skincare so they can guide you on products and you know um, I would say I'm an esthetician but like if somebody was to come and to me, just in general, and say, like, where do I start? I would say you start with your skincare because that's like easily accessible and that's a quick change mm -hmm. and learn how to do that. You need somebody to teach you. So that's why you would go to an esthetician. Um, uh, some dermatologists, I would say nowadays, more than less, know about skincare, especially when you live in a big city. The dermatologists have their own skincare lines. You know, I don't know about small towns and how the dermatologists um, are doing with skincare, but uh, definitely, you know, you can, you want to start with skincare. You can, if you have deeper issues mm -hmm. like lines mm -hmm. and spots. sagging spots, you want to bring your dermatologist into exactly. the situation as well. So it does depend on what your issues are, mm -hmm. where to start. But like an easy place to start and that's less scary, I would say, is with a, a good esthetician, not just anyone, but somebody that knows what they're doing. So ask around to friends and then, um, you know, get on a good skincare routine. Ask your esthetician what they think you need. Speak to a dermatologist, which you should see at least once a year anyways, and mm -hmm. get a mole check. So they will know, you know, as well. But like. I say in an esthetician office, you can get extractions, exfoliation. We can get product guidance. We have things to tighten and firm like microcurrent. We have LED panels that help to build the ATP in your skin that helps build elastin. We can do oxygen for plumping the skin. Um, we can guide you to doctors and lasers mm -hmm. if we're a skilled esthetician that knows those things and you know that your you th can think of your esthetician as your skincare concierge they're mm -hmm. the person who can guide you uh when you're confused and if your esthetician is they become kind of like that person that you can be like should i buy this should i do this treatment should i do that and they can kind of help guide you along the path that's how your esthetician should be 
But um, Dr. Vicki, I'm sure you get people who come straight to your office and they're like, I've never done anything and I don't know what to do, but I want to get started in taking care of my skin. What should I do? Do you get those people? Yes. Yeah, so my perspective on the question of where do you start would be, it's not an us versus them thing. It's not a dermatologist versus an estrogen thing. Truthfully, it's both. We're yes. both trained differently. We have different perspectives. I think that we're both vital. And I always tell people a good dermatologist can save you from a really bad esthetician and a really good esthetician can save you from a really bad dermatologist. And that I really feel like they're, they come from different angles, but I think they're both really important. Now, people are, are, you know, might not be able to do both, but I love what you just said about you go, you have to go to the dermatologist for your mole checks every year anyway, a skin check anyway. So of course, that's my perspective. Start with the dermatologist, getting your moles <laughs> checked, and then, you know, pick their brains about, about, you know, skincare. Look, we are the gurus of, of the health and wellness of your skin. We know about skincare. We know about the dermatological medical grade brands more than say like the over-the-counter brands. Although believe me, we know that the over-the-counter brands, I mean, if you follow any dermatologist now on Instagram, they're hyping all these over-the-counter brands. Obviously they're all sponsored, um, but we know over-the-counter, we know medical grade, we know what we have in the office and what you can buy on the shelves. But I really feel like it's um, important to for if, for instance, if you have acne, you need extractions. Dermatologists are not going to spend their time extracting you. They just don't do that. So you need an esthetician 100% for that. Oftentimes, dermatologists have estheticians in their office. Sometimes they don't. That's fine. But you need an esthetician for the extractions. And then, of course, you need the dermatologist for the more medical-grade versions of what you want to do once you want to be, have elevated versions of skincare. So um, I... I know that in dermatologist offices, uh, dermatologists in general book patients at about 10 minutes um, a piece. I know they spend more time with them in certain situations, but they're, they don't have time to sit there with uh, patients' long list of questions they may come in with. So how do you deal with something like that? So uh, we book, depending on what the patient comes in for, we book 15-minute appointments, but we have 20-minute slots and we have 30-minute slots. So if patients come in or if when they book, they have multiple different you know, questions and, and um, things that need to be addressed, we'll give them 30 minutes. So it's, yes, there are, there are doctors who spend five minutes and that's not okay. I'm so not okay with that. But, um, but so we, the patient, when they call, say like, I'm new to this whole thing and I'd like to book with uh, somebody who can explain everything to me. I'm interested in getting started with my skin, like, should they tell the person at the front desk that so they can yes. book a longer appointment? Yes. The more information you give the, you know, the the receptionist, the better they will be able to schedule your appointment. And also if, if you know, your friend or your doctor referred you to that dermatologist, hopefully that will be a good dermatologist and we'll be able to, we'll be able to answer all your questions. But you're right, a laundry list sometimes cannot be addressed that first appointment. So you can have a follow-up. But I do think that there are lots in a dermatology office, there are lots of adjunctive providers and 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 para providers that can answer people's questions if if the dermatologists themselves cannot sit there for 30 minutes and answer every single one of your questions about every single one of your pores. Because there are people like that and that's difficult. I mean, my, and that's hard. I always book a new new client um, at 30 minutes for a consultation because I know that it takes time to like dissect and make them feel like they're 
making me understand everything with their skin so that we I can put them on a proper thing. But I always tell them, like, I'm booking you a 30-minute consultation. Sometimes I finish that consultation in 10 minutes because it's like they don't have anything to ask. And sometimes I'm like, okay, we got to get started because they will go and go and go. I mean, it's people are different. But I feel like somebody should say, like, I have a lot of questions, so I need time yes. with the doctor. Yes, because I feel sure. like... I feel like people don't know that when they're booking doctor's appointments that they don't get all the time in the world and they think that they're going to go in and the doctor's going to spend all this time with them and then they feel like like um they get cut off, you know. Right, and then they go to Sephora and get the, you know, the the <laughs> quote-unquote consult from the Sephora uh salesperson which you don't know I think that do they're that. I think that they're trained no, but they're not trained well they're trained on products they're not trained on how to look at your skin you know, and some are better than others but i think that it can there's a lot of places to get information and i think that you know our, our perspectives are going to be the most educated but yes they're going to go to get it from other stores and hopefully they will you know be able to reason with all that's come in and then make those informed decisions for themselves Oftentimes, your dermatologist may have an esthetician working in their office, which is exactly how I met Trina, with your office. I mean, so that's, if you trust your dermatologist, you can ask if they can recommend a good, and, and vice versa. If you trust your esthetician, ask about a good dermatologist. Yes. I mean, there are definitely now der- a lot of dermatologists that have estheticians in their office. So but, but, once they get that appointment, right, then they can... If they have all those questions, their dermatologist can say, hey, let me set you up with our esthetician Mm -hmm. and she can answer these questions for you and get you started on a routine. Um, But there I would say definitely when when people out there are uh, trying to decide where to start, I would say don't start at Sephora, rather start (laughs) with an esthetician or dermatologist and and then, you know, let them guide you on what you should do. Um, I feel like the the store people are taught on products that they're selling a uh, little bit, um, but they're also just sales reps. Well, and they have no uh, loyalty to you as a customer. You're just a, literally a stranger that's walking in, whereas somebody comes to see you. They're sitting in your chair. You're about to put your hands on their face and clean them and and get into their personal lives. And you know, especially for us doctors, like as soon as somebody comes in, like I'm. They are my responsibility. We will we we really try and understand their questions and where they're coming from, and it's so, just so much of, more of a personal, you know, relationship when you see an esthetician or a dermatologist versus trusting yes, the salesperson. We're building a relationship with this person. Yeah. We're going to continue to have a relationship with this person. Right. You're right. We do have more of a personal investment in that person than somebody coming in and just buying a product. Like, hey, what? What moisturizer should I use? And they're like, oh, this one's good. Right. And if you get a rash, they'll never know because they won't be there next week when you call, you know, or, you know, no, I'm being a little. because you'll be at your dermatologist's office <laughs> dealing with right. your rash. Exactly. I, I have a question. What if you feel that either the esthetician or the dermatologist who has their own product line or sells different products out of their office, if they're like pushing too many products, how do you know the difference between oh, they're recommending this or they're really selling me. How do you? It's a feeling. It's mm-hmm. guttural. It's like it's like an instinct, I think, when you feel like your husband is cheating on you. <laughs> that type of thing. You just feel it. Or your you, wife is cheating on you if you're your a male. Wife. Or your, yeah. I mean, you just get this instinct, you know, like some, you know, if someone's being genuine, I feel like, 
And you know when when you feel like you're being pushed on something that doesn't feel like it's coming from the right place. I feel like people can feel that, right? So you well, have to kind of exactly. Trust that. We want them to. I mean, my desire is I always want to make somebody very happy, very pleased, and then like me and appreciate me and appreciate my rec- recommendations. If I'm just throwing out stuff and recommending nine steps because I want to sell them products. They're not going to be happy, and then I'm going to feel terrible, and they're never coming back. So I think that it you really are, we're listening to them, and we're really trying to address their problems, and we really are making decisions based on what we think is going to help them. And I don't. But you're very unusual. I remember being in your office. Why isn't she trying to sell me anything? What about this? <laughs> yeah, if you want it. But what? A, it, I was like, why is she? Can she just make me buy some of her things? <laughs> She's the opposite. <laughs> and well, I had come off of this infamous esthetician who was trying to basically sell me the farm. <laughs> I mean, this woman with her packages of lights and and you know bells and whistles and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, she. She was really, She's really, a really good. good salesperson. Well, she was phenomenal too at what she did, but it also turned into a big, a big scammy thing. But, um, yeah. So it was just so ironic. Well, I think I think for in general for people to know if somebody's like just trying to sell you or not. Um, first of all, or have they listened to your concerns? And then are they choosing products and saying this would be good for? the redness or the whatever you're talking about. A lot of times um, when you go to the way I think to tell the difference is if you go to a dermatologist, esthetician, med spa, and you get your service and then you go up to the counter and there's a bag of products on the counter for you. And they're like, here's, this is what was recommended. And you don't even know what's in the bag and nobody's talked to you about the products. I would say that would be a big no, don't buy those because nobody's explained to you why you're using them what they are. If they're for your skin, it's just sitting at the counter. I think that's a terrible way. And I hear that all the time from people that they they go up to the counter and there's $2,000 worth of products that they've charged your card for. <laughs> and uh, and you're like, uh, and you're too embarrassed to, to say, like, I don't want that. And they right. walk away with all this stuff. They don't know what it is. No, it just I happens think that's to me in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a very, very, very fancy spa, yeah. And I, you know. Tell us, Julie. No, I mean, I know what I'm doing, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tell <laughs> us what I happened. did say to the woman, you know, I'm curious what you'll recommend. And then I went up there and just, you know, said, what's this for? How much is this? And then, you know, first of all, some of them I wanted to buy in travel sizes because I knew I was traveling. Um but there were so many. And then, of course, the only moisturizer that she thought would be right for my skin was $700. <laughs> so, you know, I know, I, you know. Sorry. And then, so believe me, a lot of that stuff, I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I just said, no, no, no. But, <clears throat> yeah, so in, in all kinds of, of places, fancy, not fancy, they're, they're going to see you coming and try and make some money on you for I sure. I also feel like I have such a passion for for skin. Obviously, that's why I'm a dermatologist. I know, Trina, you have such a passion. And I know that sounds so maybe cheesy, but I love explaining to people how to use this and why, why, why they so need good it and how it do. works. And, and I think that, you know, where to start – Start where you find your yourself in some in somebody's really good hands. Like exactly. if you really feel like they're passionate about it, you're going to be in good hands because they want to do a really good job. Yeah, I feel like it, people should trust their instincts. Like really, 
know how it makes you feel because you are building that relationship with that doctor or esthetician. And if you go there and you spend a couple hundred dollars and you're like, you know, that just didn't feel like the right one, keep looking because you'll find the person mm-hmm. that you trust. Um, and don't waste any more money in that office. Don't buy what they're selling if you're not feeling that that like vibe. they're listening to you. Yeah. You know, you got to have that vibe for sure. Yeah. We should we should um uh, maybe make a list one day of, you know, because I'm sure our listeners are all over the world and country that mm-hmm. we need to make a eventually make a list of who we really think is wonderful in, in their neck of the woods. Ooh, okay, we should go on a, VIP on a list. research and development trip. Yeah. Should we just go to every spa, every dermatologist? Oh, my Can we God. Do that? Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love this idea. We'll see you guys in three Making years. Making notes. Okay. We'll make our VIP list around the world. Okay, good. Making notes. Okay, so um, I think we kind of touched on that. Well, of course, in other episodes, we're going to get deeper into these issues. But like, that's where I think where you start is definitely an esthetician or dermatologist's office. And basically, wherever is recommended to you in your town, from your friends, like start where they say to start, ask your friends, ask people, you know, who have good skin and who you trust for a recommendation don't go to Nordstrom's or (laughs) I'm sorry Nordstrom's I didn't mean to slam on you but like don't go to the Sephora's of the world and ask them start for sure with an esthetician or a derm right yes okay so um we have a fan question of the day we're going to start ending with these because we're getting a lot of questions so we're just going to answer one per episode and this one is from Angela and she wants to know the proper way to extract at home. So, um, ooh, I'm going to take that one. I'm taking so just since, don't. Okay, since the der- <laughs> so <laughs> the dermatologist answer to how to extract at home, I say only if it's really obvious white pustule, get it after a shower, after a long hot shower that you've been steaming, your fingertips, Q-tips. Kleenex Q-tips. is fine. I say Q-tips. I'm fine with that. Don't go Kleenex. after blackheads, cysts. It's just, you're just going to wreak havoc and you're going to leave looking worse. Right. So, so I tell people on a like last, if it, if it's like inevitable that you're going to attack it because it's like this big white head on your face. I get that. Yep. But like definitely after a hot shower or if you're not going to take a shower, do a warm washcloth and like soften the area. And then use q-tips to try not to use your dirty little fingers and after you extract it like wipe it with a little alcohol or something so that you can like kill any bacteria that you've like started there right and, and so don't most over of- push because when you keep pushing and pushing the 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 pimple will always feel like a bump under the skin because it's, there's swelling and inflammation under there. So even if you get the white part out, you will still feel a bump there. Don't keep trying to push that bump. You're never going to flatten it. Right. And from my perspective, most people will try and, and push out cysts because they feel the bump. You are not going to extract a cyst. A cyst is very, very, very deep. You're going to make it worse. You're going to make it more swollen, potentially actually infect it, and then potentially make an acne scar. And I agree with you. After you do get like an obvious whitehead or a pustule, I like for them to dab on a little benzoyl peroxide because it kills the bacteria instantly and it dries it up instantly. And it's still going to be a little bit bumpy, a little bit red, and a little bit raised to the naked eye and to the finger. Just give another day or two. It'll go down. If they don't have benzoyl peroxide, 
um, at home and they've never been to a dermatologist or an esthetician, what in their household can they use besides a little alcohol or hydrogen peroxide or You what? could do a little apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. It's a little antibacterial and fungicidal. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right, cool. And then um, let's do takeaways today, shall we? My takeaway for today about where to start is start with an esthetician or a dermatologist and always trust your instincts, whether your gut, whether you feel like that's the right place for you to be. My takeaway today is uh, know that there are people out there who are uh, equipped and trained and they can help you and uh, don't fall for people trying to sell you tons and tons of products. Do your research, as usual. Ask a friend if they have really great skin. Who do they see? And go from there. And, of course, my takeaway from the dermatologist's perspective is to see a board-certified dermatologist first. They usually have wonderful estheticians in their offices, and if they don't have an esthetician in their office, they can send you to one for extractions. Thank you guys for coming and listening today, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Okay, everybody, have a lovely day. Bye. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At